0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I'm the Clydesdale. And we have one of our favorite all-time guests on for her third time with us, Mathilde Garnes uh, from Norway, two-time CrossFit Games athlete, IF3 World Champion in 2022, and so anxious to catch up with you. How are you, Mathilde?
1: I'm good.
0: I'm good. How are you? How are you? I'm doing awesome. Um, so before we get into like the pleasantries yesterday, there was a huge announcement um, and it didn't look huge. Cause a lot of the season kind of stays the same for you. Um, as we go through the open three weeks, we go into quarterfinals now 25% instead of 10%. So much bigger field. And then that's where things go off the rails where Europe lost 20 spots in semifinals. Yeah. So after having about 24 hours to think about that, what kind of impact do you think that will have on your season next year?
1: To be honest, I haven't looked um, really good at all the new info. Uh, I was just uh, reading something about it today and some yesterday, but yeah, the biggest change was for the semifinals. And for me, it's I think it's better to lose some spots for the semifinals than lose some spots for the games, of course. Uh, but I think for some athlete athletes, it would be it would be harder to to have the same off season like during the open and the quarterfinals as you could this year. For for me, I know like top six in Europe should be pretty okay even if I'm not in my best shape ever. To qualify for the semifinals but with only 40 spots if there is like one really bad workout with a big weakness i think i need to do very well in the other workouts to actually qualify for the semifinals mm-hmm. so i think you have to like prioritize the quarterfinals more than this year because of the the missing spots
0: so here's one of the subtle pieces and um, forgive me if you haven't looked into this much, but because they're now saying that the quarterfinals are an extension of the open,
1: yeah, and that
0: they're going to make it more accessible for that 25%. Now we had complaints. Yeah, I meant not. the
1: semifinals. Sorry.
0: <laughs> right. But the yeah. quarterfinals are going to be more accessible so that and more people can participate. Last year, the 10%. The lower part of that had a hard time doing the workouts that were announced and they're going to open that up a little bit more. So that means that like the high skill items that the elite athletes can really separate themselves for are not going to be at least at the beginning of workouts. Does that, does that make it harder to qualify for a smaller semifinal?
1: I think like it's, there are more people. Uh, in the quarterfinals so if you have a really bad workout it can be harder if you have some weaknesses that shows up because like in the open I don't even know if I was top 60 in Europe like because there's so many people on the leaderboard as well so therefore I think it can be harder to qualify for the semifinals since there's only 40 spots for the semis
0: yeah it's I know it's a lot. I don't I haven't even processed it all myself. And that's my job to kind of look into all that stuff. Yeah, but same. It, it seems it seems like there's some subtleties. Like programming programming for the quarterfinals is going to be so important. Yeah. To make sure you get the best 40 in Europe. Uh, and what blows my mind is that Africa and Europe have the same number of semifinal athletes. Yet the yeah. level of athlete in Europe is far superior to that in Africa. Not picking on Africa. Same with Asia. Same with South South America. But Europe is just a known, old school CrossFit country or continent that has been doing this yeah. for a long. Yeah, time.
1: yeah. I so, agree with you. So
0: that's that's what bugs me. I think Europe got the shortest end of the stick in this yeah. whole. In this whole change, Um, so that's where I just wanted to get your your feelings on that. Yeah. We'll go away from that. Get back to more uh, fun stuff. So, when we first talked to you, you're going to your first games two years ago. Yeah. You had great games. You finished top twenty. Then you had an off season that was, by some accounts, like a, an incredible off season. Podium at Dubai. Going to Madrid on a team. Um, Zalos games great finish you just did a lot of stuff in the off season and then you get to the crossfit season and would you say that you didn't meet your expectations at the games
1: yes absolutely um yeah i was struggling with some stuff after all the competitions in 2022 but i think i recovered pretty well um for the semifinals this year so I was really happy about the semifinals placing like top six in the one of the hardest fields was really good for me I think yeah my expectations before semifinals was like if I even could make it to the games I I would probably be like nine tenth or eleventh so I was super happy with sixth um but then I just, yeah, I've been, I did my training for the games and when we arrived in the US, I didn't feel good from day one. So I had big, big expectations and just disappointed myself and my body didn't collaborate with me. Uh, so, yeah.
0: And and we've so, talked, you've made that trip several times back and forth to the United States, Guadalajara. Um, different things like that and you always like to give yourself some extra time to acclimate yeah Yeah. did it did the acclimation just not happen for the games or would you did you legit get sick
1: Uh, no I actually that was better this year so I felt better like after just one week in the US I felt like I had acclimatized pretty well I think Uh, but then I just started feeling bad so I was just starting to get sick Um, and I was after the games like one or three weeks one or two weeks I think so I don't think it was me arriving too late or anything for the US it was just my body didn't want to. (laughs)
0: So you work all year, you get all this extra competition in to give yourself all that experience, and then you get sick at the games. What does that do to you emotionally?
1: It's really hard, of course. It's like you've been working for it for such a long time and it's the biggest competition during the year. So you just wish it was like a better timing, uh, but it's never a good timing and I think the body is more it's more easy to get sick when you're in that time of the year when you're prepping your body for a competition and trying to peak your shape Uh, so it's always a risk Uh, it is so i guess i think i pushed too hard on the pre-camp when i started to feel bad i just kept training and feeling like but i have to train because If I don't train, I wouldn't be ready for the games, but I should probably just have skipped some workouts and recovered more, I think.
0: So you have a, you have a pretty cool camp around you, uh, with that whole, uh, CrossFit Oslo, um, and Krista and all of those people. Did anybody give you advice when you started to get sick or did you just kind of keep it to yourself?
1: Um, yeah, I talked to my coach, of course, that I was tired and uh, and we, we did uh, adjust the training a bit. So we were training a bit less than I was supposed to do. Uh, but I also really felt like, OK, is this like mentally or um, I didn't want to complain just before the competition because I was already there. I had traveled for a long time. I've done my training I had my hotel for the games and I was like, I'm not going to withdraw anyways. I'm like, no matter if I have fever or anything, I'm not going to withdraw. I'm going to do my best, get some experience, lower my expectations. And then I was like, does it even matter if I tell everyone? Like I I had the mentality that I was thinking if I tell people I'm feeling bad, I would just feel even worse, <laughs> So I was. I kept telling myself that no, I'm. I'm okay. It will get better, and uh, it didn't. But (laughs) I still had like an okay time uh, because I knew for myself that I could have done more if I was feeling better. So, yeah.
0: Is there is there a stigma associated with Well, not complaining. If you tell people that you're not feeling well, that that will translate into you making excuses.
1: Yeah, you can feel. Yeah, sort of. I think, like, of course, maybe if you're if you tell your your close people, your support system around you, I don't think that's. I and, like my coach wouldn't have felt that it was an excuse, but like I didn't want to go on social media telling. Uh, I was sick or like it can feel like an excuse and I know it isn't but I know also that people are struggling with their own things I guess there were someone else in me that didn't feel like their absolute best during these games or had some injuries and things to just fight through so yeah it's always hard like do you want to tell people do you want to keep it for yourself do you want to withdraw do you want to Continue to do your best because you always. I was really scared of regretting if I withdraw. But also, I kind of regret that I didn't because I was done for such a long time after the games. So, and I think it feels worse to get cut and then having to watch than like taking a good grown up decision for yourself before the competition. Um, but also, it's better to regret. Doing something than regretting not doing something. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, so you're saying that when you push to try to try to make it past those first cuts, it actually set you back after the games for a period of time. Yeah. Wow. So how long how long were you down and out after the games where you couldn't train? Um, couldn't do what you normally do.
1: Um, I've actually just started. I had three weeks now with my normal training routines, with two sessions a day. Uh, but I also I struggled with something during the games that I had to have a like a procedure, a small surgery for, uh, which is like quite private. But I uh, that was also something that. Um, affected my performance this year and I found out l- later after the games so that's why i've been out for a good time so i haven't been sick for like three months <laughs> uh, but i've been through some stuff and now I'm getting back to it so yeah it feels really good and it's it's always nice to have an like kind of in you understand for yourself why things were like they were but I i'm really motivated to get back to work and start building back up
0: so and I will complete, completely respect your privacy on all the <laughs> stuff that happened, but from a from a perspective as now a full-time athlete professional athlete you have fans, you have people that are watching you how hard is it to go through something privately when you live a more public life now
1: um, it's hard. <laughs> It is, uh, but, or it's not like not going through it, but maybe trying to like hide it and keep it for yourself because people are asking, are you training? And there's also, yeah, you know, we have sponsors, they want many posts from training and maybe I didn't even train, like I had to post some old videos and just everything feels harder to do, like honestly or by myself, but uh I have really nice people around me and my boyfriend and everything. So like going through things were okay. It's just harder because people ask and people share on me and that's just really nice. It's just some things you wanna keep for yourself and just get back later and then communicate with the fans and people around me. Yeah.
0: Was As being a fan myself of you, you you, you've always been like very open with with your fans on social media about all the stuff and so when you go quiet it's very noticeable yeah and and then for you it's got to feel like you're not being authentic like but you have to keep this private so it's this battle in your head like i want to be transparent and let my fans know what's going on but i got to keep this private
1: yeah it's a balance (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah so um and the big, the big thing is, like last year, you were doing every event uh, when the offseason started, you know, Madrid and Rogue and Dubai and and then this year, like no qualifiers, no anything. So it's a it's a stark difference from twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. How much was so, back there one day?
0: <laughs> so if if Matilda's completely healthy. Do you enjoy doing all the off-season stuff?
1: Yeah, I do. I really like to compete. That's what I love about this sport. But I think um, I might enjoy it a bit too much. (laughs) So I, I learned in 2022 that it was a bit too much, especially with all the traveling. I think that was maybe the worst part because... Jet lag for me is something I struggle with. I think just like doing the same amount of competitions in Europe and Norway would have felt better for me, I think. But uh, just um, long flights and uh, sleeping routines and everything gets kind of fucked up. So, um, but yeah, I love compete and a healthy me uh, loves to compete. I think also like it's not fun to compete when you're not feeling uh, good, but I still enjoy enjoy being at the competition floor uh, with people cheering and just getting the experience in. I think that's something I learned over the past years and from every competition that okay, I'm not in my best shape every day of the year. So some competitions has to be like a good experience yeah. and practice. Um, yeah. But I love to compete, so I will be back.
0: And in 2022, you were a top 10 Games athlete. You're probably getting invites, invites to things that never happened before. It was all new, and you got to travel the world and see so many different things. And yeah, it's hard to say exactly. no to that, right?
1: Yeah, you yeah. get to experience really much. I, I was only top 20, not top 10, but uh, top 10 is my big goal.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep. I knew. I knew that. I don't know why it came out that way. Maybe I was just wishing it into existence.
1: Yeah, uh, me too. (laughs) I was just like, should I just leave it? But maybe people were like, she should say something. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. um, top 10 is my big goal. So I'm going to keep training for that.
0: So, So you have this goal. You're going through this off season where you can't train like you've been training. How hard is it to let your body recover? which you know is the right thing and is going to get you further in the long run and stay out of the gym for a while. How hard was that?
1: It's of course, it's really hard, especially watching all the other athletes starting to get back to training. That's been maybe the worst part, I think Um, not only on social media, but it's, um, it's hard just being at the gym doing like easy stuff uh, when you're surrounded by all the good athletes. And like, I love watching my friends. I love the community at CrossFit Oslo, but it's, I also have to be honest that it's been hard uh, holding back uh, and listening to my own restrictions and my doctor's restrictions while everyone else keeps pushing hard and yeah, that's been maybe the hardest part. But also, when I first first um, took the decision of like now I have to have some months off, and I knew I had to, then it's easier when you just made a choice, like or you don't have a choice actually. So it's been it's been easier just knowing every day instead of like waking up every day feeling okay. How does how does my body feel today? Then it, I think it's harder. Now I knew like okay three months, then you're back to it, that's kind of motivating as well.
0: How important was it for you to go to the gym and be a part of the community during that time to keep that that routine and the same stuff you would do if you were healthy? Was that important to keep that up?
1: Yeah, it was. So a good mix between like I was home to my family uh, in Northern Norway without a CrossFit gym, just like being with my family, doing some like bodybuilding, pumping at the normal global gym and like just doing a run outdoor or just walk and then coming back to Oslo, it was really important for me to be a part of the community, especially now that I'm a full-time athlete. It felt like really weird just sitting at my home, uh, watching TV. <laughs> like uh, it's not me, it's not my my lifestyle. So um, it felt good just going to the gym, do some mobility, do some easy biker, and do the things I could do. Uh, but also I did some. I did train like I went to some classes um, just because that felt maybe a bit better than being surrounded with all the top athletes all the time. Um, and just like, yeah, going to a class for 60 minutes, getting to know some new people at the gym that we never get to see because we're always done training when they arrive. So just joining a team build on CrossFit Oslo Saturday, it was, yeah, it was fun doing something else
0: yeah i can't be imagine being just the regular um class athlete and getting getting partnered up with you
1: (laughs) well i wasn't in my best shape but but yeah (laughs) it's like fun to do it as well and i think i think people at the gym maybe appreciate it as well like we're always taking a lot of space and and attention i think so it's as much as it's their gym as much as were ours.
0: Yeah. So. So what you're telling me is you went, you did some bodybuilding, and now you're just you're all jacked up now, got muscles. <laughs> yeah. got muscles.
1: I'm starting to feel much better now, and um, I'm really motivated. So, yeah, I'm happy to be back, and I'm training regularly now. So. I'm looking forward to competitions and training every day. So we'll see.
0: So last question about all this. And when you look at the games and you look at the programming, were there workouts that were, that came out at the games that you were like, dang, if I was healthy, like that (laughs) was my jam.
1: Yeah, actually like, I think, I think it's easier to see it that way from the, the, spectator area, like when I got cut, I think it's really easy to think that way. But uh, this year's programming was really good for me compared to last year, like 22, because there were less pressing and a lot of pulling. There were a lot of running Um, and the 5k, it would have been maybe my best games workout ever because I'm a good runner. And uh, it was just pulling, pulling, pulling and like no strict hands and pushups. not too many squats the um, one arm lift was good for me like i'm not the strongest in the field uh, in like base lifts but i'm to be one of the weakest girls i think i lift pretty okay in the olympic lifts so it would have been fun doing that programming healthy but like saturday and sunday this year i actually didn't like want to be out there so I kind of enjoyed watching a bit because I was like so done, so I didn't want to be on the competition
0: floor. Yeah, I will. I will say, as someone who's watched your career, I was surprised because I did think that a lot of the programming was was right up your alley. Yeah. And <laughs> when I saw you down in that that bottom ten, I was like, dang, there must there's got to be something. Um, and so I'm glad we got to talk and kind of figure all that out. Um yeah, yeah. so now now you're back to training is there a target that you're looking forward to competing again or are you waiting until the open
1: um I might do Dubai but I'm um, I have to like feel how the body is for the next few weeks and probably I might start with doing the world championship if functional fitness just it's because, a bit because it's in Norway. So it's just a good good competition for me to start with. Uh, with no traveling and I can stay at home. And yeah, just it's it's not a big, big risk uh, signing up because you don't have to travel over to the US and then you even don't know if you feel good or bad. Um, and maybe with a Palooza. But I just have to feel how everything is and I have some big goals for the games but I think I have like me and my coach we have some big goals for the for the 2025 season because now I know I've had some months without training I might be a bit behind so I want to have more experience try to cover my weaknesses get stronger and then like really go all in for the twenty twenty five season like to place good individually and we'll just see about next year. I just have to take it a bit step by step, I think.
0: So you say like the IF3 World Championships and you say Dubai. In my mind, there couldn't be anything more further apart than those two competitions. Yeah. IF3 I I you you know kind of the base structure of what you're getting into. Yeah. Dubai, you have no idea what they're gonna throw at you. And they're kind of known for at least one extreme event. Yeah. So does coming off what you're coming off, does does that scare you at all that, that Dubai could throw something completely crazy at you? Or does that excite you if your body's feeling good?
1: Uh, if I'm feeling good, I think it's uh, exciting. Like it's fun. Like you, you, you just have to show up there and do what they say. <laughs> Uh, but because of that, that's also why I'm not sure if I'm going. Uh, because it's easier for me to know that I'm that I can handle the IF3 volume. Like I know there's six workouts. Some of them are really short. It's not a big volume. It's it's only one long workout, and the other ones are like yeah, quite short. Uh, and it's only three days, so it's just easier to prepare to. Um, but that's what I like about CrossFit that it's like a bit, you, you just have to expect everything. You have to be ready for everything. Um, and I think that's fun. Just not right now.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. And that, that's kind of what I was getting at. Like, because you have to take things more cautiously as you're going this season, like Dubai just seems so extreme. Yeah. But it, it may be just how you feel in that moment. And that's still what a month away. Yeah, a month away. Yeah, yeah. So um so during this time, what what did you lose most? Did you lose most like your cardio in your engine, or did you lose more strength in your time off? What's what's coming back slower?
1: Uh, the strength. Yeah. Okay. So you've always had a
0: good engine.
1: Yeah. And I think maybe that's why it's coming back sooner as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's good that that's coming back cuz I think engines harder to build. I mean, strength just takes time.
1: Yeah. Engine yeah.
0: is one of those things that like could take decades if you don't have it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So So it's good
0: that that's coming back sooner.
1: Yeah. And I just have to keep building my legs. <laughs>
0: How much do you think the travel contributes to your recovery? So like you say Wadapalooza, but that's actually a pretty good travel for you. And it is that the limiting factor, not the events?
1: Um yeah, but like of course the events as well. I think Wadapalooza is maybe more heavier weights and less gymnastics and stuff than Dubai. So I think Dubai probably will fit me better as an athlete. And same with the traveling, it's a shorter trip. Um, but I might, uh, it looks like I'm doing team with uh, Lena Richer and um, Annika for Wodopalooza. So it's just nice to have, um, I think it's a good start, like to have fun, do it with some other girls and i get the get the year going and yeah like instead of i think december and january are like that's one month so for me it will be uh my body will probably feel much better in january so yeah so you see
0: elena richter and Annika greer yeah wow that's a good team
1: yeah i think so gonna And fun. That,
0: that's, that'd be good, a good step back too, because you're limiting, limiting volume because you're on a team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Annika is one of them. I've known Annika since she was 16.
1: Oh, um, yeah. Uh, she's, she's a really
0: one, nice girl. Yeah. She was one of the first guests we ever had on our show way back in the day. And um, yeah, that's really cool. I love that.
1: Yeah. 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 I think it's going to be fun
0: um so how do, how does that work like does does one of the teammates start calling people or do you guys you're just at some place and you start talking or
1: uh well me and lena we are training at the same box and live in also both of us and lena knows annika pretty well um after madrid and a trip to miami so it was just just went like that <laughs>
0: Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I've always I always wonder like, because I'm sure like you know, like no when Chandler hang out, they're best friends, whatever. Like that, yeah. that's pretty obvious how it goes down. Um, but with other and Waterpalooses, I think their three person team is becoming more popular than the individual.
1: Yeah, actually, so I think it will be fun to do some team stuff and a nice way to get back, just like. I think it's always more enjoyable and maybe more fun like you have some other athletes to share your ups and downs with Um, and
0: that's kind of how you started your career right you yeah so it's it's a little taste back to how you got started do you think being on a team when you started your career helped you become a better individual
1: yeah absolutely Because it it gave me some opportunities to train with the best athletes when we, like we trained so much together. And at that time I was living alone uh, or not living alone, but I was alone as a top athlete in my city or gym. So then I traveled around and trained with the best athlete. And that I think I learned a lot from the other teammates. And now that I'm in Oslo, I think like being individual here feels like a big team anyways, because there's so many good individual athletes and coaches and everything. So if I had lived here when I I did team in 2020, it would probably been more the same, Uh, but I was training so much alone at that time. So I think I learned a lot by doing it.
0: It's hard for me to picture you training alone um, one of the things that I think that I so so big in the States right now is Taylor Swift dating an a football player here yeah. in America. And it's like oh all over the news and all that kind of stuff. But she has these like girl squad parties where yeah. like they hang out. And when I see you, I think of you as having a girl squad. <laughs> and it's just like a group of friends that you know are are your besties they're they're who you confide in they're who you hang out with they're who you have fun with and you you always seem to be having finding some way to have fun
1: yeah (laughs) i'm really social so i like hanging out with people
0: how important is that to your training to like get away from barbells and kettlebells and boxes and just go have fun with friends
1: it's really important for me I think it makes me relax more like I I think some athletes can feel like they are not recovering if they do a lot of social things uh, but for me it's a good balance because I'm kind of recovering mentally when I'm when I'm hanging out with my friends uh, but of course I'm still trying to make sure I um, I eat enough and I go to bed early enough but if you just plan good I think it's it's not hard to manage to be social even if you're an athlete so it just takes some planning and good friends that understand that you have to go home early or can't go out party or stuff and uh, yeah it's really important for me and that's something I've been better at uh, this season like when I moved to Oslo to be a full-time athlete I I felt like I had to be such an athlete that I like couldn't do social things after 7 p.m. and I like had to go to bed at 9 and like uh, I've been better at just like doing more things that I want to do and for me I've, I've enjoyed CrossFit and training more.
0: So I think the other thing that comes across with that group is the fun you guys have and it comes across with your sponsors because a lot of you are sponsored by the same people so, like noco, you're doing you're you're always drinking with somebody else in your photos and your Instagram posts. But I have to ask you a question about one of your sponsors, and I'm gonna to try to pull it up here. Uh, just give me one moment. No, I'm
1: getting nervous.
0: So it's on your Instagram. you posted it. Um, it is oh shoot. I should have had this prepped it's with this neva
1: oh the ice bath
0: the ice bath
1: yeah there I are
0: where you try to get as this <laughs> where you get multiple people in the neva pod ice pod <laughs> yeah. how many people can you fit in one of those
1: I don't know what do you think it's room for one or two more there or
0: well if you weren't <laughs> so tall I would say pretty easily three three.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, If you were shorter, maybe four.
1: Maybe four. Maybe. (laughs) But yeah, you can see how much more fun I have when I did it together with uh, my best friend instead of like further up when I'm doing it alone. That's more boring.
0: Well, and I think like it comes across as much more authentic for your sponsors (laughs) and probably why you have so many sponsors because you are so authentic (laughs) with your posts
1: like including my friends in my sponsorships yeah
0: exactly (laughs) so you you've become a full-time athlete how important is it to have these sponsors to support what you're doing
1: yeah it's really important like we always compete against all the other like full-time athletes especially if you go individual to the crossfit Games. so then it it's hard being that one athlete that having like have to work um between workouts or something like that. So it's really important with all the support I have from my sponsors to be able to do what I love and chase my dreams.
0: And you were a you were a physical therapist, correct? Yeah. So are how do you have plans to ever go back to that once your career's over or have, have your dreams changed
1: I'm not sure actually I think I'm gonna use some of the things I've learned and like be a physiotherapist in some way but maybe like in a bigger picture helping maybe athletes with with uh, different kind of things with injuries like as a physiotherapist with nutrition I'm also a nutritionist and with my experience as an athlete so I'm not sure if I'm going back to being like, only a physiotherapist but uh, i know i want to work with health and training sports and with people I l- i really love helping other people and um, making other people reach their goal e- even if it's like learning their first barma slip or get injury free or like do some rehab after a surgery uh, or with some nutrition things so i want to go in that direction but i'm not like 100 sure
0: So you, you, are you still an affiliate owner?
1: No, I actually sold out this year. Okay. Yeah.
0: But you've had that experience as an affiliate owner. You've been a coach. Yeah. So all that makes sense because you've done it on a smaller level, but now like, so, and, and I think we all assume because you're all there in Oslo, like everybody's close. And so I'm going to make that assumption. You have someone like Krista Holta that retired and then but stayed in the game as a mental coach when you look at that does that show you possibilities for kind of what you want to do after
1: yeah absolutely so the way she has been like included in the CrossFit community after she retired I think uh, now she's a role model in that way (laughs) she's always been a role model for us uh, as an athlete but also what she's done after she retired um because i think it's like if i was going to retire and then start in a like in a job as a, at a hospital with a, as a physiotherapist or something it would have been like a really big change so i think just being in the same community and like at least a bit i think that's really good for us uh, when we retire because i think it can be hard to retire like i'm not looking forward to that day <laughs> Because you, you might feel like you lose some of your some of yourself, I think. Like your own identity.
0: Yeah, I know and I know this isn't about me, but so I, I was a swimmer. I swam in college and when I retired, I was lost. Yeah. Like yeah. In, in a bad way. And I gained a lot of weight and 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 it was CrossFit that kind of got me back out of that. Um, cause I didn't, back when I retired, there was no CrossFit, there yeah. was no competitive outlet. Right. So, and the cool thing is like, you can compete in CrossFit for the rest of your life. They have, <laughs> they have things all the way to 65 plus. It may not be at the level you're used to today, but you could do that. Um, what's funny is when I, I actually interviewed Krista right before she retired and she told me that her goal was to become a, a mental um coach and to see it come to fruition was so cool yeah, yeah. Um, and because she's I got- done
1: so much more as well like she's not only a mental coach she's a coach she's ha- she had the Krager programming and yeah she's also training really hard so yeah it's really it's really good to see
0: yeah and so now, we've we've wished this into fruition too so um so when you retire someday in like 2035 or something then we can watch <laughs> you go and tell that as well yeah <laughs> hopefully um so. you you mentioned your boyfriend so how long has that been going on
1: um no we've been dating for like half a year or something a bit more all right, cool yeah so we live together in Oslo now and we're both CrossFit athletes so it's really nice to have a partner that like understands what what the other one is doing and what dreams we have so we're training together and recovering together so it's nice.
0: Is he is he an elite CrossFit athlete?
1: Yeah, he was at the games this year as a team. Okay. And he's also on the national team in Norway so we've been friends for many years
0: yeah you have to realize for us in the states when you say he was there on a team from norway that doesn't narrow it down much for us because you guys <laughs> have so many teams
1: yeah <laughs> on the cross with also blackouts team
0: gotcha yeah that's gotcha. very cool and it, it's got to be great to have someone that just understands what you're going through uh, yeah. and the day-to-day grind of what you guys are trying to accomplish
1: yeah, it is. So we and can share get, the a, together.
0: And you have a built-in cheer squad. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he can cheer for you at events. You can cheer for him. Yeah. Um, I, I, I can't remember who said it. I, I can't remember, but they said like, when you have that one person at the end of your lane cheering for you, it makes all the difference in the world. And if you want to be successful, make sure you have that one person. That's at the end of that lane cheering for you all the time.
1: Yeah, that's really true.
0: And and they were saying it, it could be your mother. It could be um, a brother, a sister, or a boyfriend, or a husband, or a wife, whatever. Um, but you just have to have that one person that's always there in your corner.
1: Yeah. I feel very lucky because my family, like my mom, my dad, my brother, and my boyfriend is like really supportive. And um, so I'm really lucky.
0: my co-host saved me it was Haley Mario that said that <laughs> yeah, she's the one that said that <laughs> um Thank you Jamie so um yeah and she's coaching Haley Adams now
1: oh yeah
0: nice so um so yeah well what so what is the outlook for this season you said that um, you're shooting for 25. So what is the realistic expectation for Matilde for the 2024 season?
1: I haven't, like, decided my goals uh, because I just want to um, see how everything goes and start enjoying training, enjoying competing, and uh, see where I'm at because – Yeah, I don't want to have like too high expectations for myself and then get disappointed. And I also want to hurry slowly, like to get back to things. Uh, I know I'm gonna hurry because I'm just like that as a person. Uh, But I also want to do it slowly. And I think for me right now, now after everything I've been through, I think it's it's a bit easier to. Be careful enough. If I'm not setting too high goals, and like, okay, if I set my my big goals for 2025, I know that I have some time. Um, but of course, if if I feel super good in a couple of months, or yeah, I, just, I think I just have to wait and see. Uh, but I'm I'm kind of enjoying it as well. So I have. I have some big goals. It's just, I just want to hurry slowly.
0: And you have the advantage of like for an elite athlete, the season does kind of start slowly. Yeah. And then kind of ramps up. So you get to have an indication of where you are because you making top 25% is not a difficult task.
1: No. no, Right. So you can
0: kind of like warm up and then everything starts at zero. And then you go to quarters and then that's where it kind of like starts ramping up and you are gonna have to test and see where you're truly at yeah um well this has been fun
1: yeah Yeah. it's always nice to catch up
0: yeah um i wish i was drinking wine with you but it's really early here
1: (laughs) oh i promise it's not wine it's only soda oh
0: Oh, okay (laughs) It looked like you were relaxing, having wine.
1: (laughs) Yeah, could have. But like, I'm trying to get back on things, so wine in the weekdays is not maybe the best idea. As an athlete, (laughs) I'm like I'm hurrying slowly, but not that slowly. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going for soda. We have like a really good Christmas soda in Norway.
0: Okay, what makes it Christmas?
1: Um, it's called Christmas soda. Or like Uribus in Norwegian, uh, and it's only here in November, December. So it's like, it you can only a... buy it at Christmas times. So that's why I just make it Christmas.
0: It doesn't have like spices in it that makes it different or.
1: No, <laughs> no. or it's just like a, a champagne soda kind of. Okay. Or, no, it's not like that. Uh, it's hard to explain it's like brownish brown or red so it's different types but they're really good
0: okay well cool Um, well last I think the last time we had you on you were like in a Christmas sweater with a fire Um, so yeah Christmas is important to
1: (laughs) Matilde so we want to make
0: sure we get that covered in and we're only literally before I came on the air today my daughter sent me Christmas music yeah do you um, think it's a bit too early? I think it's early, so she does it on <laughs> purpose.
1: Yeah, it's a bit early. I'm, um, I agree. I, like, yeah. I have listened I mean, to some Christmas music, yeah. but uh, it's not every day.
0: Yeah, here in the states, we have Thanksgiving, and that's kind of yeah. like yeah. once that's over, then that's the kickoff to Christmas. Yeah, and I'm cool with that.
1: But yeah. yeah,
0: like her, she already in her apartment, she already has a tree up. All that kind of stuff.
1: So. Yeah. Well, you have to enjoy it while you can. It's it's acceptable in November, but in like February, uh, it should have like been taken down. So it's better to start early, I think, if uh, people want to.
0: Yeah. For me, um, the older I get, the less decorations we put up.
1: Yeah.
0: Because <laughs> um, it's just my wife and I now in the house, and so we just... We do the minimal that just gets us in the mood and and that's fine.
1: Yeah, that's enough. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> well, thank you so much, Matilde. Um, I hope to catch up with you soon again, and we'll be further down the recovery lane and kind of yeah. see where are
1: going. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
0: And thank you, Jamie, for helping me out on this. We'll see everybody next time on the Clydesdale Media Podcast.